Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. In the previous program, I was talking about the subject of rewards, and I was explaining that I encounter a lot of people who really do believe, although they may not necessarily be willing to confess this, but I find through the conversations I have with them that they genuinely believe that their experience of going to heaven will be their opportunity to collect rewards from God because of decisions that they made during their life here on earth. That that's what it means to receive a reward from God is that you do things either through your repentance or your obedience to God through your works. And as a result, you're going to go to God and he is going to effectively pay his debts. That's the way that I found a lot of people relate to this subject is that they have an expectation that God owes them and that he is going to pay his debts off when people go to him in heaven, that their experience of transitioning from this life into the next has to do with debt collection, that they are going to go and this will be their opportunity to collect on what God has because of the things that they did or did not do while they were living their lives. Now, again, I have found that most people will certainly not confess that that is their attitude, But I believe, I suspect, that the Lord will look at them, some people, in this way, that he does perceive that there are some people who relate to him in this capacity. And I explained from Romans chapter 4 that the Apostle Paul saw that this was an attitude that a lot of people had, and so I don't think that this should be too much of a surprise for you to consider that some people do somewhat have that kind of an attitude, even though they won't necessarily admit it. The other thing that I was mentioning in the previous program had to do with the fact that a lot of people seem to believe, or would like to believe, that rewards have to do with a continuation of this life, that the opportunity to receive a reward will have something to do with what their life will be once they enter into heaven and they begin to live their lives there in the kingdom of God, that the rewards they receive here will have to do with a continuation. There will be a continuance such that the decisions that they made, the decisions that we make here and now, will be rewarded, and that reward will be a continuance of an acknowledgement, recognition, and rewards that will allow us to have a different way of life in the kingdom of heaven than we would otherwise. It's a way of saying that they want to keep this life alive. They want to keep their works alive. They want them to continue throughout all eternity. The payment of debt for the works that they did will continue throughout all eternity as an acknowledgement of what that person did, accomplished, or did not do through the restraint of their flesh. They want this to enter in to their eternal life. 
Now, of course, I don't think that these perspectives, that these positions or these attitudes that people have can be well supported in the scriptures. I personally think that they are ideas that are extrapolated from things that we do have recorded in the scriptures, but that there is not enough detail, there's not enough information for a person to genuinely assert these kinds of positions. So also, I have a perspective that I cannot clearly assert from a specific verse in the scriptures. I'm not able to do that simply because I don't think that there is enough detail in order to convey what I personally believe when it comes to the subject of rewards. But I can say through my knowledge of the character of our God, and of course I'm just saying that from the perspective of what I know and what I understand, and so if I'm wrong, if I am in error, then I'm allowing for that possibility by saying it in that way. I personally believe through my knowledge of who my God is that the reward experience, that when he makes these decisions concerning rewards, and I do believe that he will make decisions concerning rewards, that when he gives a reward to someone, to me, that will be an opportunity to bring closure to the life that we have here on earth. Not a continuation, but an opportunity to have an acknowledgement and an understanding for things to be clear and open, for him to have the opportunity to express to us in a clear and understandable way what he saw, what he thinks, what he understands, and how he perceives us. And through that opportunity, we will have a closer experience with him. We will certainly have a lot of revelations. Some people may be disappointed in the revelations that they get, but I think it will be a wonderful opportunity for him to establish both clarity and closure. And that's what I look forward to. It is my expectation that the reward experience will be an opportunity to bring closure to this life and will allow us to start in a new way, to have a new beginning in the life to come. The reward ceremony, if I was to call it that, will be nothing more than a transition, a transitionary experience that is part of our moving from this life into the next life after that. Now, from what I can tell in the scriptures, there appears to be some evidence that shows that there will be responsibilities given to people. And that's what I would like to talk about in this program, is the idea of responsibilities that God may give to people in accordance with the tasks and the decisions that will be made in the new life, in the kingdom of heaven, whatever that might look like. There appears to be an opportunity for people to be in positions of authority, authority that would be necessary to fulfill certain responsibilities that they would have to God and to the kingdom of heaven. For example, in Mark chapter 10, in Mark chapter 10, verses 35 to 45, there appears to be an acknowledgement by Jesus that such responsibilities could probably exist. For example, beginning in verse 35, it says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? and be baptized with a baptism that I am baptized with? 
They said to him, We are able. So Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with the baptism I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. Now in verse 40 where he says it is for those for whom it is prepared, that could imply that the Lord has already made a decision concerning who will have positions of responsibility, or at least some positions of responsibility. It doesn't mean that he has allocated all of the positions, but that he has prepared some people, or perhaps he has prepared the positions, and he has prepared some people according to the criteria of a person, that person may not necessarily be selected, but the quality and the character of the person has already been decided. That is another possibility. But continuing on into verse 41, where it says, And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many." So when the Lord Jesus explains more about these positions of responsibility that result in authority, because authority is given according to the responsibilities that a person has. If you have authority and you don't have the right responsibilities that correspond to that authority, then there can certainly be an opportunity for failure. So also if you have responsibilities, but you do not have the necessary authority in order to fulfill those responsibilities, you again will definitely experience failure. But what he says here is that there is going to have to be a different attitude. There's going to have to be a different character, a different perspective. Instead of a person who just simply wants authority and not necessarily the responsibility, you need to have a person who has a certain attitude of willing to give of themselves, willing to give their lives, in effect, in order to fulfill a responsibility that is given to them by God, that that is a different attitude that can be difficult to find in people who have positions of authority. God will certainly make a wise decision concerning who will be in these positions. And this life is an opportunity for a person to grow, for a person to change, this is your chance to be able to experience growth and change and perhaps be transformed through your decisions and through the decisions that God makes as he intervenes in your life as well. Through the life experience, many different ways that this can be experienced and how this is put together, but through our life experiences, we have opportunities to experience change and transformation and we will become people, we may become people, who have the ability, who have the type of character and nature to be well-placed in positions such as these in order to fulfill what God would want to be fulfilled. 
When we're born into this world and we start out as small children and we grow into young adults, it is unlikely that we are going to have this kind of an attitude. In general, people are very self-seeking. They only have themselves in mind, their own personal self-interests. It's perfectly reasonable and understandable considering how we start into this world, especially being spiritually dead and being a part of a world that functions in a different way than the kingdom of heaven functions. But through our relationship with our God and through being made alive by the indwelling presence of his spirit and having a living experience while being a part of this world through the opportunities to learn about him and about his ways, comparing his ways and his understanding and his wisdom with the ways and understandings and the wisdom of the world, through making comparisons with that, through experiencing a tremendous amount of suffering and failure and also successes, we have the opportunity to grow into people who may qualify as being the kind of people who God would want to have in these kinds of positions. But when the decision is made, it's going to be made on the basis of who is more suitable to be in these decisions. These decisions are not going to be made as rewards. Rewards would be compensation for something you did, but to be placed in a position of authority with responsibilities to fulfill, that is not going to be given or allocated because you earned those positions as if it is some kind of a reward for what you did or for what you did not do. People will probably go to the Lord expecting that because of their repentance and obedience, God will reward them with a position of authority in heaven. And I personally don't expect that to be the case. He might do that. I will allow for the possibility, but I don't expect it to be the case. From my knowledge of the character of God, I don't think that he would give a person a position of responsibility and the corresponding authority as a reward, but instead he would give those responsibilities to people who are more suitable according to their character, according to who they are, which is who they became, who we became while we were living our lives. I don't know about you, but as for myself, I am not the same person that I was 30 years ago, and I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago, and I'm not the person that I was 10 years ago. And 10 years from now, should my life continue that long, or should the Lord delay his coming, I will not be the same person that I am today. There, of course, will be some things that will probably be the same. But I'm saying that in the context of I am continuing to experience growth and change that is a part of this life. And when we enter into the kingdom of heaven, the opportunities to become a person, to become the kind of person who we can become or who we will become, those opportunities will be gone. There will probably be new opportunities for growth and change in the kingdom of heaven, but they won't be the same kinds of opportunities. We will not be in the world that we are in right now. You know, the world that is filled with suffering and tribulation and betrayals and fraud and lies and that kind of stuff that seems to make this world function. That is not what we are going to have in the kingdom of heaven. 
The life that we have here and now is a unique experience, especially in the time period we are in after the Lord Jesus provided salvation and the gospel through the forgiveness of sins. For the last 2,000 years, we have been a part of a unique period of time in the history of God's project. We are in a very unique period of time that allows us to be transformed into a certain kind of person who lives their life in this world with the inheritance that we received as a result of his death according to the will of God. We are a unique kind of person, a unique tribe of people. And when the day comes that the Lord ends life as we know it here on earth right now, that time period will be over, that stage, that transition, that epoch or that eon will be over and there will be a new experience in the kingdom of heaven that will not be the same as we have now. We have opportunities to grow to know our God, to grow to know his love and his patience and his kindness and his goodness that we're not going to have the same opportunities in the same context as we have right now. And so this is the time to grow to know him in the way that we can, because when we enter into the kingdom of heaven, the ways that we grow to know him now will not be possible there. I do expect there to be new ways, but the ways that we have right now are very unique. And I would like you to appreciate that so that you can appreciate more the time that you do have right now, because it appears that who we become will have something to do with what our placement is in the kingdom of heaven, what our role is in the kingdom of heaven, and the new opportunities that we will have right away when we get into the kingdom of heaven. Now, I do believe that we do have opportunities to make decisions on our own behalf about what we are going to pursue and about who we are going to decide to be as a person. But for the most part, this does require also the participation of your God with you in your life as he also will make decisions about how he will work with you, how he will grow you, how he will complete the work that he began in you. And so this is a mutual experience between you and your God, and you cannot compare yourself with other people when it comes to these issues. So that's how I generally look at the subject of rewards from that kind of a perspective, that it will be a point of closure from your previous life, and then you will enter into a new one. And the rewards that the Lord will dispense, that he will give, will have a relationship to an acknowledgement of what happened, clarity, understanding, revelation, those kinds of things. Now, the word reward does show up in a number of other places in the scriptures than the ones that I've read and the ones that I've looked at. And so I'm confident that there will be a number of people who will listen to these programs and they will be thinking about the verses that are commonly read and used in order to talk about rewards. And they're going to be asking questions like, well, what about? Well, certainly there will be a number of verses in the scriptures that people will look to that will give them the impression that rewards could probably be something besides what I've described, and I understand that. I won't be able to address all of them, of course, but I can address a few of them that I know are commonly brought up because I do talk with people, and these are verses that are commonly brought up, and so I can address some of them. 
For example, in 1 Corinthians, there are two that commonly come up. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 through 18. Beginning with 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. Now, one way to look at this is just by reading verse 15, where it says, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire, and to say that this is referring to salvation. And while it is true that this can be related to salvation, these verses could also be talking about what happens after salvation that we do build on a foundation in our own personal lives. We build on the foundation of the initial truths that are revealed to us that we believe concerning the Lord Jesus and the gospel, the forgiveness of sins, things like that. The truth of the reality of God, the law and its role in our lives, there is a lot to know, there is a lot to understand, there is a lot to grow in, to increase our knowledge and understanding of our God, the one who he has sent, what he has accomplished for us, what he has given to us. This is the Christian life. And how do we apply what we have learned concerning the truth to our lives? This is a way of describing building on top of the foundation that is laid, the Lord Jesus. And each one of us will do this. Either we will build a little or we will build a lot. But what are the raw materials that we are using to build with? Do we really build with gold, silver, stones, wood, hay, straw? Is this what we are really building our lives with, building our faith with? Certainly not. These are abstractions. These are words that abstractly describe something else. And you will have to decide what that something else is. I genuinely believe that this has to do with the truth the truth that our God reveals, and some things that we believe are either not completely true or not true at all, or they are absolutely true. What we believe and what we add to our lives, add on top of, in light of what he has done, what does that mean in our life? When we answer that kind of a question and we add things to our understanding, when we add things to our faith, when we do that, we are building our Christian understanding. We are building our Christian life. We are building who we are, our identity, what is important to us, what do we value. And these things can be described as the raw materials that we build our lives with, that we build our future with. And what he does is he gives a description of these things being tested. And these can be tested during our life here, Or they can be ultimately tested when we see the Lord and he makes whatever corrections he feels would be appropriate at that time. When the testing comes, when the fire comes, what remains will be the description of what endured and what did not endure. And our reward will be what remains. That will be the reward. Not some additional reward that he will give us. 
but the reward of what we can hold on to, of what we built our lives on in terms of the truth that we came to know and understand. And so to me, this is an opportunity to be encouraged to continually build on the foundation, pursue a knowledge and understanding of your God. Do not be completely concerned, totally concerned, absolutely preoccupied with the concern of whether or not you are believing and understanding the truth at all times under all circumstances. Just as I have described some of the uncertainty that I have concerning the topic of rewards, I consider that to be perfectly acceptable because when the fire comes in my life, when there is an opportunity for the Lord to refine what I have come to know and what I have come to understand, what will remain will be a reward for me. What remains out of what I believe after the Lord does a refinement through fire will be my reward. That is encouraging to me to continue to pursue, even in the midst of uncertainties, but to continue to pursue the truth of God. And I will get into chapter 9 in the next program. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net that you may